Hello and welcome to Future Voices, a podcast dedicated to talking to people revolutionizing their fields. I'm Rachel Adams. And I'm Ida Smiley. So today we're talking to a new company in Vancouver called Jive Honey with founders Marcel Verona, Mackenzie Nielsen and Michael Lau. We both worked with Marcel on a past project and when he found out we started a podcast, he generously offered his time as well as the time of his partners. Jive Honey is on a mission to get younger generations excited about the impact bees have on the global food chain and to get pure Canadian honey into the market. Jive uses 100% real and raw honey farmed in Canada. Mackenzie is also a bee farmer with an immunity to bee venom. This makes him the perfect person for the job. We also talk about how these three friends started a business during a pandemic, their favorite ways to eat honey, and how wine and honey are similar. Let's get into it. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. I'm Mackenzie. I'm Michael. And I'm Marcel. Jump right into an introduction about each of you and then how you all got together with Jive and how that started. Uh, in commercial beekeeping for about four years now. Um, I found out that I was in love with bees about right as I started because one of my best friends from childhood, he introduced me to it and uh, we started a commercial farm and as it turns out, I'm actually immune to honeybees. And so ever since I found that out, I dived head first, heart open, straight into the industry and I've been doing it ever since. What does that mean, immune to honeybees? It means when, uh, like, when a, a bee is to sting me, I, I don't get any swelling. It's rather pain. Oh my gosh, what a blessing! That's awesome. He loves the bees, and the bees love him back. You were literally born to be in this industry. Exactly, yeah. He's not kidding. He can go on forever about yeah. bees. I can talk about bees. Yeah. Well, we have some more questions about bees, but maybe we'll get Michael tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Speaking of childhood best friend, Mackenzie is my best friend. In grade six. The way Jive started, or at least how I got onboarded, was back July 2020. My internship in LA had just gone canceled. So I'm a USC student, supposed to be a senior year right now, but I'm taking a gap year. And at the time, I just like nothing to do. I was like in quarantine in Vancouver, and I was like, well, Mackenzie, you've been talking about selling honey for a while. Like, can I build you a brand? And he was like, yeah, right on. And so from there, started working on the brand strategy, linked up with Marcel, who's been the other like marketing partner on this, and I've been grinding right. away ever since. Launched Jive about a month ago, and yeah, oh. like that. And Marcel, how do you uh, know everyone, and how did you get into the project? Uh, I don't know. So I guess, I, I mean, I'm the owner of No Death Studios. Uh, we, we're videography primary uh, marketing company um, and we branched out in the last year or so towards uh, digital advertising and such um, and it just so happens that um, I kind of built my company alongside of a few others and Matt just happened to be there in the mix somehow I think what was the story didn't you do like a voiceover for us yeah or that's how we met yeah yeah something really random like that yeah. and then um, <laughs> next thing you know he's like hey I got bees I got honey yeah. You want to help out with this? So <laughs> somewhere in the spring, um, Matt brought up the idea of, you know, uh, starting a 
a honey brand. So uh, I came onto the bee farm uh, in his property, and then we uh, we shot some some videos and photos with bees, and it was kind of my initiation where um, you know to be part of this, you have to get stung. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I got stung, and uh, it's like branded. Yeah. I got stung and I wasn't allergic, so he's like, "All right, you're in." You're in yeah. <laughs> wow! Oh my god, I'm definitely allergic, so I wouldn't be in. Oh no! We were about to invite you. Yeah, so we're yeah. gonna. <laughs> yeah. So when you your process of getting into beekeeping, could you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I'm fortunate that I've had really good mentors in my process, but my very first friend I ever made in elementary school, his father was actually my mentor, and so he taught me all the ins and outs of it, of of basic like hobby beekeeping. Uh, it wasn't really until about a year later when I was introduced to a man named Hossein Yagenarad, uh, who's an expert at his craft. He, he's done over 1,500 uh, public speeches about beekeeping, as well as he's been well-renowned in the beekeeping community. He's been able to mentor me through the entire process of all commercial beekeeping and apitherapy and all different sorts of things. When you're doing beekeeping, like, do you notice do bees have like personalities? Do you have favorite bees or favorite beehives? Do they have like little quirks like that that you notice? Well, so the average uh, lifespan of a bee is about 128 days. And so it's hard to get really familiar with every single individual bee. It's not like I'm like, hey, Nancy, nice to see you, know, right? <laughs> but uh, uh, absolutely. It's crazy to watch the hive mentality because they all work coherently with the queen bee. And you can see they work together to help support each other. Like if one of them is to fall into the feed, you can see them clean off each other. And it's a, it's a really, really interesting process to watch. And like the whole lifespan is very unique in, in its own respect. For example, when a, when a bee is born, it'll spend the first quarter of its life as a nurse bee, meaning as soon as it is born, its purpose is to take care of all the other bees that are being born. And then as it grows older, it begins to go out and uh, fly around and start to pollinate. And then as, along the end of its lifespan, um, it, it will it'll finish off by basically just pollinating and, and providing nectar to, to the rest of the hive. It's kind of like nature at its most efficient. Exactly, yeah. And it's crazy how intelligent they are. Definitely super interesting how... Um, how they work so well together. And if, if society was like that, I imagine it would be a lot more promising, but sadly uh, it's a little more aggressive in the real world. And Michael and Marcel, do you find that, or have you found that since this project, you have become also obsessed with bees? Uh, I, yeah, actually, so my view of Jive is, I, I love bees too. I, you know, Max really like taught me about, um, you know, overall personality of the bee race and such. Um, but the most interesting thing that I find about it is is, is kind of looking at the, uh, the food supply and the food chain um, mm -hmm. that, you know, we eat from every day, going to the grocery store and such. We look at it differently now. Because uh, what, one of the most eye-opening things was when we, we found out that, like, you know, such a large portion of the honey that you see in stores is actually uh, adulterated and and mix with like syrup and stuff like that. Um, and we know that's true because the price of honey has, hasn't really changed. You know, like you go to the store, you, you don't think about it because the price of honey doesn't vary. But um, the supply of honey has gone down so much in the last, especially the last year. Yeah, this right? year um, so how does that happen? Well, I mean, 
somebody's got to be throwing filler stuff in there somewhere. And there is a CBC article. Um, they intercepted, this is a Canadian government too. They intercepted uh, several shipments from of, of foreign honey and they tested to see what's real, what's not. And like a scary percent of it came back as, you know, adulterated, not even full honey, but mm -hmm. being called full honey. So that, that's kind of what we looked at. Like, like uh, I think I, Michael and I have gained a lot of appreciation for, for the farmer uh, farming chain as well, because, you know, um, bee farmers, what, what bees are here to do is really pollinate crops that we eat from, like blueberries, uh, strawberries, cucumbers, melons, yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Plums, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what's changed in terms of my mentality. Same. I'm not going to say I'm obsessed with bees. I'm not like this guy. I don't have a tattoo of bees anywhere on my body. <laughs> he I, does have a tattoo. <laughs> I love it. That's not surprising. <laughs> the bees knees. I don't know if you want yeah, to show I got I got a bee on my knee. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm a normal person in that I am still a little bit scared by bees. I just find them to be a nuisance. And when I get around them, I do get a little bit nervous. However, what's changed, like Marcel was just saying, is that there's a lot of respect for bees now. Like I know that bees and other pollinators are responsible for pollinating one third of the world's food source. Like without bees, our food ecosystem would collapse. We would all go hungry and die. And therefore, you know, the bees are the world's most important living species. So it's like, I love the bees in that sense, but it's not like I want to get too close to them. <laughs> Fair enough. And kind of for all three of you tying into that, has this changed your perspective on the global food chain in general, especially like you just said, Michael, how important bees are for all food production and how you go about, you know, living your life? Yeah. So when I started beekeeping, I, I personally, my whole life, have always known that I've wanted to do something that can help affect the environment in some way positively. So that's why I originally went into beekeeping because there's no greater impact that can someone can do other than pollinating the crops that people need. So that's why I originally went into beekeeping to begin with. Uh, especially now that I, I'm even more familiar with the process, I understand how important bees are for pollination. Many farmers will even pay, pay beekeepers just to bring the hives to their lots. Otherwise, uh, their crops won't be able to uh, actually be sustainable. It's something like one beehive can improve the harvest by 10 times for most um, uh, fruit plants. Along those lines, I kind of look at food that we eat as less of a product of like a production plant. You know, you go to this store, you go to Walmart or something, you expect there to be lettuce. You expect there to be uh, whatever you want. We even speak, oh, I'm running to the store to grab this, grab that, right? Um, but now I think, I, I just kind of like think of farming and I think of our food food production as as, as much of an art as it is like like a, a, a scientific process that you follow um so yeah it's just it's just a bit more respect mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i would say similarly i have more of a respect to sustainability sustainable food sources whereas before food to me was like oh i'm gonna go to a grocery store oh i'm gonna get takeout oh i'm gonna eat at a restaurant because i need fuel to survive i want to grow big big muscles or i want my stomach to feel good now I'm like, there's more respect for farmers. There's more respect for not just you know, regular farming, but like sustainable and ethical practices that have a large impact on bees and other members of our natural ecosystem that are significant and things that I never would have, would have thought about before. Mm -hmm. 
So what do you think are, are ways that people in their day-to-day can help support farmers or bees um, or just sustainable food production? Buy drive honey. <laughs> there you go. That's it. There's our shameless plug right there. Yeah. But in reality, you should always think about uh, buying raw honey straight from the straight from the farmer, because then you know the actual the revenues are going towards a farmer who has sustainable practices. And and normally when you buy raw honey, it's um, you, you also know that you're going to get the better health benefits along with it as well. So that's our actually one of our next questions is because um, we saw that you do sell raw honey. So what makes raw honey different than regular honey yeah absolutely so it's actually to do with the heating process and so when you heat um honey past 100 degrees celsius it will destroy a lot of the yeast and the healthy pollens that are within the honey um and normal honey a lot of people don't actually realize this but 100 percent pure unpasteurized honey normally will go solid and it'll crystallize and a lot of people have a deterrence towards away from that because it, it kind of affects the convenience of it however um when you heat it past 100 degrees, it'll, it'll, it'll destroy the molecular structure of the honey and it'll stay liquid for a lot longer. And not only that, but um, here, here's an interesting fact. A product only needs to be 10% Canadian for it to be deemed 100% Canadian here in Canada. What? Yeah. And so what'll happen is a lot of co-packers, um, they will, they'll buy pure honey from the beekeepers and then they'll import a lot of adulterated honey that'll go through the border and then they'll, they'll put 10% Canadian honey, but then the rest of it, they'll put with adulterated sugars. However, the CFIA, um, they have very lackadaisical um, screening process to be able to bring in the real honey. The, the, the actual test that they do is called a C4 car- carbohydrate test. And so you can get ne- like sugary substances that are not a C4 carbohydrate. Just to further explain, um, a C4 carbohydrate is what you find in like, like beet sugars or like corn syrup or those sort of sort of sugars. Mm-hmm. However, there are also like honey is a C3 carbohydrate, but with this testing, there's no difference, but it's hard to find a difference between maple syrup and honey. So there's no actual further testing to be able to tell whether or not it's real. And so a lot of Chinese, adulterated Chinese honey will flood the market and in return it, it won't actually be real honey. And a lot of people don't understand this, even though it says hundred percent pure Canadian honey, it doesn't always mean it is. So is the, is the raw honey the whiter, more crystallized honey? Yeah, so white honey is, is, is actually very unique to Canada in particular. Um, this comes out from the clover fields in Alberta. Um, however, it can be all different kinds of colors. It can be dark amber anywhere to light amber all the way to white. Yeah. But it's normally crystallized, and that's like one of the unique factors of pure raw unpasteurized honey. And, and even so... Uh, I mean, when you use, and, and sometimes you'll get it, it's, it's not quite crystallized because it's, it's the temperature that crystallizes it. So if it's still liquid, um, you can still tell the difference because you go, you know, you buy the honey from the grocery store in like the bear shape and stuff. It's yeah. like liquid, you know, you can put your hand on the other side and you can see through it. Mm-hmm. Um, raw honey, it's, it's not translucent. Yeah, it's, it's more opaque. Raw honey is texture. Like you said, it crystallizes over time, so it hardens. And what you get is more of like a toffee-like texture. So mm-hmm. that's something that we really pride ourselves on with the sweet clover honey. Yeah, it looks cool because it's white and it doesn't look like your bear honey, but it also tastes a lot better and you can taste the difference. A raw honey does have more health benefits Absolutely, yeah. than mm-hmm. when you pasteurize it. When you heat the process, mm-hmm. it, it takes away some of the nutrients, some of the anti- yeah. antioxidants. Yeah, it, it basically, it burns away the yeast and the pollen. 
And so when that happens, it takes away all the antioxidants, which means almost all of the all of the health benefits that you get from eating raw honey. So it becomes like sugar based, just raw sugar at that point. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit better than sugar. Yeah. So what is all of your favorite ways to have or like to eat honey? <laughs> I eat like a jar straight. I from yeah. Yeah. When when I first like when you first told me that I'm like shut yeah. up. No, <laughs> but it's actually like what I do now too. Like, yeah, just eat it that way. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah, like it's it's actually a thing. And a lot of like our customers, like we had a pretty yeah. good uh, opening run, uh, opening launch, mm -hmm. and a lot of our customers are people that don't, you know, they're not honey fanatics. Like they don't. They, a lot of them haven't even tried raw honey, but so we we would say like eat it off the spoon, and they'd be like, oh, that's funny. And then they and then now they're messaging us, being like, I just ate half this jar off. <laughs> it's just like going like with ice cream yeah yeah, ice cream, yeah. yeah. and healthier <laughs> antioxidants it kind of looks like ice cream yeah it kind of does color. Yeah, and so like the texture i say is why people tend to eat it off the yeah like i do that as well i also mix it in tea yeah but so like, you wouldn't like squeeze a bottle of honey into your mouth no <laughs> you look like a lunatic like, <laughs> grab a spoon and it's like you take out something that looks like a toffee, like it's like, mmm, that's like a dessert. So, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. exactly. Now I really am like craving it. I'm like, ooh, I just want to eat honey. Well, I'll be sure to get you guys a jar after. Ah, thank I you. I actually just finished my jar of honey that I had, so I'm probably going to jump straight on your website after this. Yeah, honey <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about the flavors that you have on your website? Sure, yeah. So right now we just have the two flavors, the blueberry and the clover honey. Um, and it's all based on wherever the bees are located, but it's always pure straight from the hive. Um, you can find the, the, the clover honey is a lot creamier. It, it's normally the creamiest selection you could ever find for honey. It melts on your tongue like anything else. And the blueberry honey is a little bit bolder of a flavor. Uh, it has a broader flavor profile, and that's because the nectar protein is a lot thicker and a lot wider. And that's like, for example, why the white is white is because it has a small nectar protein or nectar molecule. And so in, since it has a larger one, it has a larger flavor profile as well as normally it, it tastes better with like cooking and um, like in sauces and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's very interesting for sure. So yeah. to summarize that in a way that's just more palatable, <laughs> <laughs> the sweet clover honey, the white one, it's creamier, it's kind of toffee-like, like I was saying. The blueberry honey, there's a slight fruity tang. It's not like you're getting a spoonful of blueberry flavor because mm. the blueberries mixed in and just the bees happen to pollinate blueberry fields. But there is just like a little tin, and especially if you're looking for it, you'll taste it. Yeah, and that and sounds cool. Past that, you know, we're we're also going to be um, launching many other flavors. Absolutely. Is, yeah. uh, one one interesting one is actually the mineral dense honey that yes. we're going to be. Uh, um, what is that? So essentially what we'll do is we'll, into the feed, when we're feeding our bees, we'll, we'll give them healthy minerals like iron, magnesium, zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D. And it actually isn't metabolized by the bee. It passes through the digestive tract and gets directly integrated into the honey. And so when this happens, I, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this, but um, you actually absorb 100% of honey. And the reason is, is because it's a pure glucose. And so in the first five minutes consuming it, you'll, you'll absorb 100% of it. 
And so our theory is that when we feed these bees, these healthy minerals, and it gets directly integrated into the honey, it makes it helps it get more bioavailable for humans for when they're eating it. Wow, that'll be interesting. I like that. So that kind of brings up an interesting question that I've never thought about um, that you just touched on and Michael kind of just touched on. So what you feed the bees or like the kinds of um, flowers or that the or pollen that the bees eat, that affects the flavor of the honey? Absolutely, yeah. Interesting. Well, the honey is just the nectar that is on the flowers and it's being absorbed by the bees. I mean, it makes sense. It's not something I've really ever thought about, but it's kind of like wine in that way, where you can have like notes of one thing and hints of something else. Exactly. 100%. Wine's a great comparison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because like, usually when you think like blueberry honey, like when Mackenzie first told me about blueberry honey, he's like, oh, yeah, blueberry infused honey. That's what I thought. Yeah. But it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. It's just Mm -hmm. the bees that are on blueberry farms. Yeah. And I think it's pretty cool, honestly. It's, it's, it's like a nice, um, it's the real like uh, ecosystem and trade-off between the humans and the bees. You know, we we put them in places where they get nice things to eat, and in turn, they get us different flavors of honey. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. Like not everything, no no honey honey from every environment isn't going to taste the same, or it shouldn't taste the same. Mm-hmm. Natural flavors, yeah, all natural flavors. So you're now branching into different tastes of honey. Would you ever consider different honey type of products? We are definitely open. Uh, you know, one of the most exciting things for us is that this not, first of all, we, we wanted to make a brand where we can just do whatever we want, which is essentially what we can do. But also just the way bee products can be used uh, is crazy. Like, for example, um, you know, beeswax. Uh, we we got approached by um, you know somebody in the film industry who wanted to use a bunch of beeswax for set building, stuff like that, or candles, natural deodorant. Uh, skincare is huge for bee products right saran now. Wrap. So, saran wrap. Yeah. <laughs> so amazing. yeah, we're open to all opportunities. Mm, yeah. Of my beeswax wraps right here. There you go. Yes. The weird one, but it's very nice. They work so well. Yeah. And, and honey is actually only one of the seven products that bees produce. There's, there's actually, you can make beeswax, there's royal jelly, there's propolis. Um, and what, what is propolis? So propolis is the, um, it, it, it's essentially the gums that is collected from the different saps from trees or the cuts in grasses. And so basically the bees will go around and they'll collect all these different compounds and they'll combine it with their saliva and they use it to seal the cracks in their hive or to embalm any unwanted like predators that are in their hive. However, the research has been shown that propolis can actually help with up to 80% of autoimmune diseases. It can help cure ulcers, it can help uh, treat your immunity, and there's all different, different sorts of health benefits for taking propolis. Yeah, it's very cool. Off of that. So right now on the website, we're only selling honey. And that was a decision we made a couple months back. And we're like, you know, we start with honey, propolis, and royal jelly, or we could really focus on the honey. And the reason why we made that call is because we wanted this to be a millennial Gen Z honey brand. Because it doesn't exist right now. And it's not like your grandma wouldn't enjoy Jive. In fact, I'm sure she would love it. It's just the fact that no other brand on the market has such a niche target audience. None of them are trying to get people excited about honey and make it trendy in a way that we are. 
And then with like Provost and Royal Jelly, we were thinking, well, those are health products first and foremost. So we might build a sub-brand, you know, like Jive Health, where we have a, a little bit of an older demographic, and that's when we launch those products. Mm -hmm. So kind of getting into the business side of things, like you were talking about, Michael. So you came up with the idea to start this company, to actually start it during the pandemic. How was that? Were, were there a lot of emotions about that? Because obviously it's a difficult time for, or it could be a difficult time for ventures. So tell us a little bit about how the idea went from an idea to actually where you are now. I mean, the pandemic uh, is a thing. <laughs> it's, it's always there, right? It, it always has effects on whatever you do. Um, but I'd say at least, we are curious people. We're like kids inside and, um, you know, we just, oh, let's do that. So let's do it. You know, um, I know for Michael, for you, is a bit different. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like, I wouldn't have joined Jive had it not been for the pandemic. Kind of like how I was, what I was alluding to before. I'm supposed to be in college right now. I'm taking a gap year because of Jive. At the time, I was studying abroad. So like January, February, came back, locked down. Things were really shitty, but I was like looking forward to June when I would go back to LA where I was going to school and I was gonna have my first advertising agency internship or something I was really looking forward to. And then boom, that got canceled as well. So like I'm in July, just like sitting on my ass thinking like, what am I gonna do with my time here? And that's when I approached Mackenzie and we had a conversation. I was like, well, you know what? You know, I've never been like a huge honey guy. I've never been a bees guy, but you know what you're pitching to me right now? like. I'm feeling your passion and I'm getting excited as well. And I was like, why don't I try to apply my skills, which is brand building, brand strategy, creative marketing, and let's see if we can make something out of it. And so I actually kind of had to show what I could do in the sense that I created the, the creative brief, which is kind of a summarization of all the research I was doing around honey, who honey consumers were, the other competitors in the category, what was going on culture and then condensing it into an insight and a strategy that we could really turn into a brand. And, and that's how Jive came to be. And that's how, like, that was like my input and everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But it's been four years in the, in the work, you know, it's been a long time trying to get this thing ready to launch. And I think we were just trying to get it as soon as possible. The COVID wasn't even on our minds when we were launching this brand. Yeah. And I think a lot of, um, People have experienced something similar to Michael where a lot of opportunity, like a lot of doors closed for people for, and this is something Ida and I talk about a lot, like traditional doors close, but then you get to create an awesome brand with some good friends and it's like you're creating your own opportunities. And the rest is history. <laughs> So this venture obviously has a really good social purpose behind it. Was that always the purpose of the bottom line for you? Or, you know, it sounds like that is something that's always been important, but was that something that has always been like the driving force for starting this? Yeah, it's always been my main focus is to help save the bees. So that's been my 100% focus since day one. Yeah, and when Michael and I came in, um, you know, Michael put it pretty well that we started with this one creative brief. Yeah, this is what's going on in the world. This is what's going on with us. This is the situation. Um, and so that kind of really became our purpose. And what that is, is, uh, you know, the human relationship with bees is not as strong as it should be. You know, even people that love honey um, 
and this was shown in the research that we've done. Uh, people that love honey or even wear Tyler the Creator Save the Bees, Save the Bees like clothing, I mean, you see, they see a real bee, like even a photo of a real bee, it's like instant turnoff. And so, you know, we're eating stuff that they help produce. Uh, we're eating their honey that they directly produce. We love the ideas of cute bees, uh, but why, why do we get so turned off by these animals that yes, are dangerous and should be respected, but come on, they're just living on the same earth as us mm-hmm. and, and helping us, why don't we help them, right? So, so that really did become a driving force and there's, there's not much else to that purpose there. And then why millennials and Gen Z specifically, kind of relate that, like think about us, like we're, I'm late Gen Z, assuming you're like all millennials here. We care about animals. Like we'll go the extra mile to eat vegetarian, eat vegan. We have a ton of compassion for animals. We care about sustainable living. Why isn't that same care shown to bees when they're arguably doing more for us than chickens? Like uh, no shade to the chickens out there, but like (laughs) there isn't that level of awareness, which didn't quite make sense to us. And then was like, well, what product can we make to get people excited? Because it's not like, oh, everybody be excited about bees now. And they're like, okay, sure. Like honey is something that we're all familiar with. And from the research, we found that honey has really positive associations tied to it. So people naturally, when they think about honey, have fond memories of family, of sweet, warm, tasty things. It's good for their soul. And they didn't have that kind of reaction towards bees. So from there, there's like a strategic tension. And it was like, well, what if we really leaned into those positive feelings and did something about that? So how are you planning on doing that, of getting people more excited about feeling, like actually loving the bees and feeling more connected or understanding that relationship that we have with bees? Okay, so first and foremost, you go to our, you go to our Instagram, you'll see a bunch of content videos of uh, these guys here showing up to handle their rain jars of honey in bee suits, dancing to I'm a bee by Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> I'm not joking you, this is a thing. Um, and, and so we've, we've done a bunch of stuff like that. And it overall, it's just making the whole thing fun. You know? yeah. um, mm-hmm. Making it fun while, it was, while we're just kind of slipping in there like, hey, a bee did this. You know, yeah, so exactly. um, that's, that's actually our starting point yeah. yeah, hey, make sure you thank the bees. And Mac, you said that there's a farm that people can visit as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to get in contact with us and then we'll be happy to bring any, anyone who's interested to come by the farm. That's cool. That could always be like an education program for kids, get them loving bees. That's, that's actually one of my plans as well. I want to go to elementary schools and help teach kids about bees as well, how important they are to the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would be really helpful. Is actually to get people to have fun with bees, like Marcel was saying, to like grow this like appreciation for them so that we can go and save them. Mm-hmm. And it might seem dumb that like Mackenzie and I put on our bee costumes and we yeah. come by bee and jazzy bee and we're going, like, <laughs> buzzing around doing these dances. It's actually getting a lot of interaction. Like yeah. we're getting tons of story reposts when we, when we go for mm-hmm. those deliveries. We're getting people who are like, you know, genuinely interested in this brand. And then the tagline, a dose of happy starts to make sense. It's like, okay, yeah, like the honey makes you happy, but we're building so many positive associations around the product itself mm-hmm. that everything jive is just like a dose of good vibes yeah, to your system. Exactly. All good vibes with jive. Do you think 
that's something unique to our generation, the specific type of marketing you're going for, and also the sustainability and social kind of purpose aspect of the business. I mean, I would actually say it's not really, I, okay, maybe the mix is a bit unique to our generation, but I wouldn't say um, our approach is unique to our generation. In fact, I'd say it's a little bit rare for our generation. Um, nowadays with social media and such, how often do you see any of those brands put somebody in like mascot suit on the ground? You know what I mean? So um, I think our, well, our strategy right now, and obviously this is just the beginning, we're doing it very local style, but uh, yeah, it's, it's actually going out, especially we're, we're all from Richmond. We all grew up in the Steveston area. So um, in fact, our the first uh, store and you could buy Jai Honey at is uh, Sanctuary Cafe in Steveston. You know, we want we wanted to put bees on the ground and be there. Exactly. And these guys even walked around with bee suits in in the area, and a bunch of people were stopping to talk to us. <laughs> I was getting texts from um, from some friends I haven't talked to in a long time, being like, it's "Like you guys?" And <laughs> I don't think there's enough attention paid to actually building community, and I don't think enough modern brands really think about digital marketing and, and social media content and real life as the same thing. Um, and obviously, I mean, that's just my opinion. Yeah, you're really on the ground. I would say this like the good vibes and like being for the community with the culture. You now that kind of stuff is like what a lot of brands are trying to do these days, some big brands, how they're trying to appeal to millennials, to Gen Z, to a younger demographic. For us, it's like part of our DNA. So like for mm -hmm. us to have like bee deliveries buzzing around bee suits or if we want to go and just have, you know, just have a dance party out on the street. That makes a lot of sense. It's not like, oh, some like marketing brains are like. It's what you would do anyway. <laughs> anyway, so like it's very authentic. And like we're selling raw honey. You know what works in marketing? Making things that are raw. Like that raw storytelling, I think, is really what makes Jive special. Keeping it very real. So in terms of, we'll wrap it up on an advice bit. Um, what were kind of some of the mistakes maybe throughout this process that you have made or just learning lessons that you can share? It's a lot. <laughs> Let's be real. I'm 21 years old. I should still be in college. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm 21 as McKenzie's well. the same age. Marcel is older I'm, than us. I'm an old man, apparently. <laughs> and I'm, 20, I'm 26. Apparently, I'm an old man. Yeah, okay, we won't Marcel. name Marcel's age. Marcel, we're all up there with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it showed, right? Like, I think Marcel has been like, really good for us in terms of, like, project management and kind of like, instilling discipline. It's like when Marcel mm -hmm. says he's going to do something, it's going to get done. Mm -hmm. Whereas with me and Mackenzie, I think also because we have a long relationship yeah. as, like, BFFs and we're working on this honey, but we're having fun. We have B character. Mm -hmm. like, sometimes it, it's easy to get lost in that. And it's like, we forget that we're still working on a business and we mm -hmm. really need to be zoned in and we need to have calendars and we need to have deadlines. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, like if we were working in an office environment, we had a boss, it'd be like, totally makes sense. Like we'll, yeah. we'll do what you say, but now we're the bosses. We're all working on this together. We're partners. Mm -hmm. It's establishing those boundaries and also like keeping ourselves in check and each other in check. Exactly. That's probably, the hardest part. Of course, yeah. And so the discipline to make sure you're focusing on it every single day and getting all the work done that needs to get done to know exactly what needs to be done as well, which comes with experience, which mm -hmm. of course, we're getting more and more of every day. 
Yeah, it's the whole journey is lots of learning. I, I will say to you another thing I learned because Mackenzie and I are so close personally, and then we're also working on a business together. And for a while, we we're also roommates. There would be like tension sometimes. And like, <laughs> and there'd be like things that we would like sweep under the rug. Like I, I might be like upset at him for something he didn't do for Jive or anything. He messed up for on Jive. And then like, we're also living together. So it's like, well, when do I bring this up? Well, I'm also mad at you because you didn't do the dishes. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to just like blow up like a volcano and just like throw everything you want to say at, at your business partner who you're also friends with but it's like don't baby each other either i think mm -hmm. like remember we did finally yeah. did have a really good like heart-to-heart -heart discussion yeah. and there's, he was like you know like dude like sometimes yeah I'll, maybe i'll act defensively but like i'll listen to what you say and just like don't be afraid to tell me how you really feel yeah that's awesome i think we found that a lot with the podcast too it's like keeping each other on task and still we want to like chat about things, but then like making sure we're getting like what we need to get done, completed. A lot of hours of off topic conversations. Yeah. <laughs> well, where can people find you um, online or if you still have any markets going? Of course, yeah, you can check us out at jivewithbees.com or at our Instagram at jivewithbees. Jivewithbees. <laughs> if you're in the Richmond area, for sure, Sanctuary Cafe. Uh, they're carrying they're the first ones to be actually carrying money um with local group of people um so it's it's kind of a it's a it's a bicycling culture cafe, I yeah it's like a cyclist community yeah yeah so, okay and this is just the beginning though this is just the beginning we, there's much more to come exactly. much much more to come uh we've been hard at work on the business to business component so you're going to start seeing us show up in other cafes, other health food shops, grocers, farmers markets, like you name it. It makes remote sense to have a honey brand there. Like it will be there. And so they're ready. They're ready. Well, we're excited to try. And thank Can't, you guys so much. Can't wait to order some of that honey. So Ida, I think the most important question is, are you going to try clover or blueberry first? Clover looks super delicious, but I am just way too curious about the blueberry flavor not to try it first. I love the idea of notes of blueberry coming through based on what kind of pollen that they eat. Uh, it just sounds really cool to me. What about you? I think clover because I really want to get in on that eating honey straight from the jar action without it kind of being weird. <laughs> I know. I really am curious about that. The consistency, like it all sounds so good. I also love Mackenzie's passion for bees from, you know, how hard he's working to save them, but also down to the bees on his knees tattooed. I know. I don't know if I've ever felt that passionately about something. I'm also just too scared to get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, it was cool learning also about their dynamic as friends um, and, you know, how Michael and Mackenzie used to be roommates, how Marcel got involved and how they're all managing to bring their strengths to create this really cool company. I know it sounds like they're working really well together. It does sound like there's some unfinished business between those old roommates there with the dishes and everything. I've definitely uh, been there with my friends that I've lived with. Just holding on to some long-term college grudges. <laughs> and you know, like I really feel for Michael especially because he did have some opportunities just, you know, get wiped out by the pandemic. I think a lot of people in school right now are feeling that way, but I think like 
a lot of people as well, he's really managed to find opportunity within the circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. I think to Marcel's point as well, like we're all, I think you and I are similar. It definitely looks like between them, they're all just very curious people. Kids on the inside would be working or trying to figure out different projects anyways. So I'm happy that they've all managed to get together, create something that's actually so good for the future of the bees and also something that tastes amazing as well. Yeah. And I mean, as, you know, as bad as this pandemic has been, I really don't, it's, I've heard of so many people and I know so many people starting new projects that it's actually really exciting to see people taking initiative like this. So where can people buy this honey if they're so inclined? They can purchase online at jivewithbees.com and they can also stay and follow them on Instagram at jivewithbees. They're posting flavors, they're posting funny videos of them in bee costumes, uh, and maybe you'll actually get some bee hand delivered to you with them in a bee costume as well. And thank you again so much to Mackenzie, Marcel, and Michael for giving us your time and for teaching us so much about the bees. And as always, you can find all of the links to Jive Honey in the description below. Thanks for listening to Future Voices.